This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Hello fellow Fox fans! We won. Leicester City won. Brentford three. And we are through to the next round. And you are watching Leicester Till I Die.
You are indeed. You can catch us live now on YouTube, on Leicester Till I Die TV, on Twitter and Periscope at Leicester TID, Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, obviously the group. And please join us and uh, let us know your thoughts. And if you want to pick us up afterwards, as well as watching us on YouTube, you can pick us up on any of the major podcast platforms at, well, just Leicester Till I Die. That's Google, Apple iTunes, Spotify and Anchor to name but a few. But how are we feeling? Happy? We won. Don't you just love it when technology works? Never work with animals, children, or computers. Um, but I don't think my colleague Brad falls into any of those three categories, so I think I'm safe. Let's say good afternoon and welcome to our Jesus lookalike. It's Brad. Good, <laughs> good afternoon, early evening, Brad. Uh, bless you, my child, for you have sinned for that <laughs> comment. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's not a joke that doesn't tire. Did you say a little? I know it does. If I if I get a good joke, I do like to wear it out. Did you say a little prayer for us at half time? Um, I mean, maybe a few fans were a bit nervous of that, but no, I didn't need to say a few prayer. I, that, that 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 game uh, in the end panned out the way I probably expected it to. I think if you were, uh, I'll get this in nice and early, Chris, because you like to uh, do it, but. Um, I'd just like to say that uh, in the YouTube pre-match show, I did predict 3-1 at the end of it, if you check them comments. So I got that one right. I didn't, but I will say congratulations to you and also to Ian Marshall, who went for 3-1 as well. I went... I went 3-0, but uh, I, I, I will give you that one. But it was, was it not a tale of two halves, really? I mean, it was to a point, uh, you, you know, you, in the first half, you could kind of sit there and go, all right, that's the, that's the rush shaking off. Um, and maybe you saw a little bit of, you can only learn and, and, and get cohesive so much on the training ground. I mean, I said to you at halftime, it looked like you could, you know, the, you could see that they hadn't quite got that gel that you see from the regular 11. It wasn't too far off, and we saw it a lot improved in the second half from them players that are hard on the pump but have been out in the cold whether it's been through injuries or, or just people ahead of them have been outperforming them and not, and not and not been able to squeeze their way into the 11 but it got better in the second half and a lot better and and yeah it was a game of two halves in the end because we were losing the first half and and you know flat you know got the three goals that we probably deserved in the second half um, but yeah, it was just good to get through, isn't it? Because you don't like to lose a banana skin. No, no, we don't. Just going to say a couple of good evenings here. Uh, hi to Luke. I nearly said hi, Chris, there. Hi to Luke. Thanks for joining us. Um, he says a comfortable win in the end, far better second half, up the tempo and dominated in the end. Thrilled the underscored. <laughs> I think there was a few. One of us wasn't, but I think there was most of us were. Steve Collins, good evening, Stephen. First half was lackluster and frustrating. It was. I just want to read this out. I've just had a text and I'd like to say it's off Brendan, but it's not. 
But for those of you that saw the opposition view, um, I did that with Billy from uh, the besotted um, Brentford fan group, uh, who, uh, Brad, you did a, a chat with him as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did a small um, podcast interview sort of thing for them. Yes. So if you want to go and check them out, um, check our Instagram posts out on Facebook, you'll find you'll find it just by scrolling down and see where they are and where to yeah. find them out. I, I answered a few questions with them on there. It was interesting. Billy, Billy not a man for a few words. I think I can honestly say that. But yeah. uh, I, I did say bad luck, mate. Thought they played well considering. Uh, he replied, "Cheers. We're not fussed at all. Think we had something. So I think we had someone changing players' nappies on the sideline. Swansea match on Wednesday is the big one, and we don't have a big enough squad to juggle the two. The fact we had no more wide players to bring on, so went four-four-two, kind of sums it up really. Good experience for the young uns, though, which shows rush of blood to the head when Presley, when he really should have at least had ball on target. Good luck in the next round. Thank you, Billy." Good luck to you in promotion. Would like to be playing you next season. They're a good little side. I thought, I mean, to say that they, they had got a lot of youngsters, I mean, they, they made the comment um, on BT that the youth game was probably cancelled this weekend. They, they, they put up, a, overall, they put up a good performance. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, and I've said it many a times, um, I, I, I'm not all too familiar with the ins and outs of a, of a side like Brentford. I, I, there's a few players that obviously didn't play today that, that you know, the big names that were obviously missing from the side yeah. due to the suspension. And like, and like he said, that they're trying to manage after last season, just missing out on it. Um, you know, and any team in that situation, we've been one ourselves, you know, you want to focus on that. And what a good cup run is nice. I mean, they had one in the League Cup. It's always nice to try and do it and keep your eye on the prize, which for them has got to be either automatic or, or promotion. But they did well. They did well. They handled yeah. us well for the first 45 minutes. So, you know, I it mean, is what it is. When we when we look at that, uh, and we've got a good history against them in the FA Cup. I mean, we brought this up in the um, preview show. We've played six up until today. We've now played seven. And we've, we've, we've not lost against them. Um, yeah, it's always nice to have a side that's your bogey team, not the other way around, because we've had a few, we, haven't we? We could name we it have, uh, that in recent history. But I don't know but about I you. Our... Sorry, go on. When, when you saw that team before the game, I mean, first of all, what a strong bench. And yeah. Jukovic must be a bit like Dracula. I mean, coming back from the dead, I thought, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's still around. He, he sort of hovers around the ground. But looking at that starting 11, and I've got to be honest with you, I was surprised at the number of changes when he didn't make them against Stoke. But I guess that was kind of Everton coming up. Yeah, well, it, it, it's the same as what it was with, you know, with Stoke, we had a bit of a, a breather and it's always nice to give your players a breather. I mean, we, we've talked about squad depth a lot this season and any season we're going to be talking about it, the question's going to come up and we've also praised it a lot this year and I think for the first time in a long time, Leicester fans felt a lot more comfortable. I have to admit, when, when you know, obviously, you know, I did Instagram for you and that post came up and I copied it off Twitter, I looked at it and went, that's a strong team, but I don't know about Jakubovic and goal. It wasn't until I clicked that A, there was less players. and that. So, you know what I mean? I looked at the bench and thought, that's a strong side. Maybe not with Jakubovic yeah. and goal, but it's still a strong side. And then I actually looked at the team and went, Jesus, that's somehow stronger. And that just shows yeah. you a, a point that me and you like to press. 
our squad depth. It's about the quality, not the quantity. And for the first time in a long time, I think you saw that lineup and went, cool, we'll win it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get the job done. And we did in the end. It's obviously easy to do when you do get the job done. But And I think even when we went 1-0 down, and we went 1-0 down, I mean, they did to us what we did to them last year. It took them two minutes longer. I've got to make it that, that point. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, you can be bitchy, can't, can't I? But even when we went 1-0 down, and I know it was early, but I never, I was never in doubt that we were going to come back. No, and again, that's testament to, like I said, literally going up, reeling off the point I just made. You, you remember that infamous defeat to Newport where we made about oh, 13 yes. changes and we had, a, we had a gazelle in the headlights on the wing and all sorts. And it just, you always felt like Newport. You had that feeling about the game before kickoff and during it and watching us play. You thought, if we're not careful, they're going to score. And obviously, we all know what happened. They, they, they did. We got back level and then they, they ended up winning the tie. Today, I was like you. I was very much like you. I thought, eh, all right, 1-0, half-time. Doesn't look brilliant. But I just didn't. It, the weirdest thing is, and it's credit where it's due for the side that Brentford put out and the quality they're able to put out for this game, you know, with, like I say, what they're trying to focus on the season. I just felt like it's going to click into gear. I didn't feel threatened. And apart from their goal and that free kick, Brentford didn't do much over 90 minutes in the attacking sense. You know, they had that little spell, a purple patch where we didn't hit them instantly. But I felt the second under wrapped it in for one all, you know, two goals in, in six minutes. The next thing you know, the tie was done and then Madison wrapped it up nicely. It was just yeah. one of them games for me. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Jonathan here. Good evening. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan, a Newcastle fan. Um, <laughs> I don't want to rub it in, Jonathan, but have you come on to see how uh, how a, a team reacts when they win? I'm sorry. I know that's kicking a fan when he's down. <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad now I've said it, but, you know, I... I I had to say it. Um, and you did get beat by Brentford earlier in the season. Um, no, you're eight. You're a Newcastle fan. With your owner, you have all, all our all our sympathies. Definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> poor guy. Um, yeah, I mean, another goal from a corner that we concede. Well, you say that. That was our first goal in over 200-odd minutes that we conceded in, in, in any game, in any format. And it's been a while since we've actually conceded from a corner. So, it was probably a bit of signs, especially when our first two corners hit hit the first man. It reminded me, you know, we weren't on that little bit of a, I wouldn't say a bad run, but, a, you know, we dropped a few points and lost a few hiccup games where it was kind of like the set pieces were exactly that. It was like they scored off one and we couldn't beat the first man. I got a yeah. little bit nervous, but yeah, it was one of them. And again, you kind of feel that you know it took two deflections. How, how unlucky can you get? They were, they were what you'd call a classic FIFA goal that would make controllers get broken. So I'm, I'm hoping no Leicester fans smashed a window or anything, or when that went in <laughs> off, off two deflections. But um, it is what it is, and the response, yeah. the response yeah. that we gave to that, even though the first half wasn't so fluid. You know, that's what gave fans, I think, a common reaction that we always felt we were going to win it anyway. Not in an arrogant way, but it was like, I can see, we saw enough of it to go, no, there's still a way we can turn this around. Yeah. So. Going to say hello to Ivan all the way from Sierra Leone, which, uh, as Very we are getting the plenty of, yeah, we're getting plenty of snow here. I think we're all probably going to be extremely jealous, you know. Uh, so a couple of good, a uh, couple of points here. Um Hi, Chris and Brad. 
Goodwin come on the foxes. That's Facebook user. Um, Brad, uh, Brad Hicksy Hicks, don't remind me of Newport all that way for Naffle. <laughs> it would have, been, Sorry, would have been a long journey. And this is the point I made this point at half time. And Marty looks dodgy for most of the game. But that said, if I'm honest, yes, he, he probably was not. If I had to say there was a worse player out there, it might have been him. But my God, he hasn't played for how long? He's been injured. He's coming back in. That back four hadn't really played together. So you can't really sort of label too much at his shoulders, can you? No. and You know what? When you get the result and it goes well for you, you get a win like 3-1 or like we did against Chelsea. Sometimes, even though you hate to do it, you have to try and pick at it. And... Mm. You know, some of them were a bit jittery. Maybe some of them, you know, you know that that I have to give credit first of all to Brentford and their ground staff for getting the game on because I know I, I heard whispers early doors before the game, you know, because yeah. uh, you know nine yeah. minutes before the game when the referee checked it that there was a yeah. potential we wouldn't be playing today. So credit to them first of all. I think sometimes you know when you realise this team is that competitive for its positions that you're only going to get a handful of chances. And opportunities, and, and and you know the FA Cup being a perfect one to take them, and and he was playing out of position. It's not his natural position, and something that someone said before, I can't remember where, so I can't credit them for it, and I do apologise. But they said they've never let them down. These players that come in, they were talking about the lineup. Uh, they, they said you know the players like Mendy that are coming in and are rotated heavily Leicester, but they've never let Leicester down when they're featured, and that's you know Mendy and Marty who's come back. When he's and he's played a few games this season for us in, in in big games, most notably the Man City one. You know, it's easy to kind of go, oh well, they didn't have the best games. And he didn't, like you said, if I was to give someone the lower rating out of the team, I probably would have gone with Marty because he got himself in a bit of a muddle, but he still did yeah. the job. We still came with the results, and you can kind of, you know, it makes it easier to to look past it in a way. I feel I feel in a way like I'm I'm nitpicking, but that probably says more about where we are now as a team. The fact yeah. that, our, our, you know, <laughs> let's face it, four or five years ago, we, we, we would have been having orgasms at that performance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, so, I, I know it's been a while, mate, but I wouldn't say it's been that long. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's this new chair I've got here. You see, I've got, uh, I've got a massage uh, uh, set oh, on it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I've lost the charges of mine. But yeah, I mean, if, like you said, if it might be nitpicking, but if you're saying the worst, the worst thing to come out of that performance was maybe a six out of ten from a Marty, then you can't complain too much, can you? You're laughing. If that's the worst you can say about that game on a on a individual performance, then yeah. I'm happy to say that. Yeah, I don't. I, the actual note that I put down here, in fairness, I'm just looking because I, I do, I do believe it or not, I do make a few notes as I go through the game. Um, Play notes and process. <laughs> Hangman, forty minutes. I've got a Marty looking, looking match rusty, and I think that's yeah. the thing. He, he didn't have a bad game; he just was match rusty. Yeah, and you know the same could have been said about Silent and I think it was mentioned a few times. And uh, I'm on the field. Think, <laughs> yeah, and um, and you know, and, and Ricardo looked at it a bit, and maybe you know, maybe you've got to give credit to um, you know Ricardo because he excuse me I nearly burped then 
Um, you know, he, he looked a bit jittery and maybe on the back of his mind, he took the conditions into it. And, and you know, and you could say the same for a Martin. This conditions were a bit frosty. The pitch needed to be worked in by the players running around on it. They both had long periods out. I know Amartis had period out, back, period out, back. And, but, you know, Ricardo had a serious injury, which, you know, we I remember that Europa League game that we tried to bring him back for and that backfired. In, in a sense, it was, you know, he got injured, re-injured again. Um, maybe he was a bit tentative in the first half as well. I think that's in the player's mind, no matter how good you are. But in the second half, like 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 you said at the start, they 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 painted a completely different picture. I've never seen Ricardo didn't really get forward in that first half of much, and I think that was him trying to feel his way back into first team football. But in that second half, he was overlapping, and I didn't think anyone could be under for pace today. But Ricardo did in that second half. Just before half-time, I and mean, we'll come on to the second half for a minute, but just before half-time, that was a, a um, what's the guy called? The, 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 it was like a dive from a six-foot diving board in the swimming pool from Brentford, wasn't it? Just for, <laughs> to get that free kick. Well, it was, but I mean, then we'll get on to it. To, we'll get on to it in a second, but that also entails why I, I, I don't think there was any doubt about our second goal being awarded as a penalty, because... It was. I thought that was light. I don't think the referee was brilliant all game, and yet again, the referee stopped us building an attack in that first half. That's we've had more interceptions. I think we had more interceptions by the by referees this season than we we probably did from someone all game. No, no, because it was a I bit annoying. I love the fact that Glenn Hoddle complained about the referee's first touch. That did actually make me smile. <laughs> yeah, what will make me smile is if they lose to Wickham Wanderers as well and he's commentating. That will cheer me up as well even more. Yeah. I like Glenn well, Hoddle. Indeed, indeed. But no, but like you say, second half, I don't know what Brendan put in the cocoa, but he, uh, or whether it was a hairdryer experience, but we came out all guns blazing. Yeah, we did. I think he might have turned the eating on in the dressing room with 10, 15 minutes to go in that first half because they came out like a like a house on fire, pardon the expression. And, yeah. you know, and that, and that. They, they came out uh, raring to go. And I think just as maybe, you know, Brentford were on that pitch going, right, let's just get the nerve set or get through 10, 15. Oh, it's goal. Oh, what? And then I, I don't know, I honestly think with their experience and, and the, you know, the youth that's out there, like, like, like Billy said, you know, and and not so much on the cusp of first team football. Their head mm. just seemed to go at that point as well, which is exactly where I thought it would go if we got a goal. It took us forty six minutes to get it, but it was a good finish. It was well, a good finish. I've got to be honest with you. It, I wasn't actually sort of on the toilet when we scored. But I was having to sort out a little handbags at dawn uh, in in the group at the time, so I actually missed missed the goal. I heard the goal, but I missed it. Talk me through it. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of blinked and you missed it because as the whistle went, I was just finishing my coffee. But just as I picked up my phone to watch it again, Madison, who I have to admit, you know, we got on his back and we did. You know, I was one of them and, and rightly so because he wasn't on the best of form when he came up from injury. And we did account for that when we we didn't just come out and slate it. But we said he does look a shadow of himself. He needs to get up to speed. But he got the ball. And instead, of you know, normally Madison gets a bit of a comparison to Jack Grealish in the sense that he goes down a bit too easy but he wriggled his way through he shook off a few things laid it into Under's path and Mares-esque may I say he just turned his body and 
and bent it into like out the reach of the keeper and, and nestled it in the corner. And it was just, it was a really good work goal. And, and it was nice to see a player that a lot of Leicester fans have been excited and wanted to see get more time, game time, add to his tally and get a goal himself. And, and, and well, both Madison and under. Yeah, so it was good. It was a good finish. It was well worked. Perez had a couple of chances, and we'll we'll come and talk about individual players uh, uh, when we've sort of stopped looking at the matches. There's a few I want to go through with you. Yeah, that's fine, mate. Perez had a couple of chances after that, but then the penalty. Now you meant you mentioned the penalty before. You felt it was maybe a bit soft. I think it was, but I think going back to their free kick, it was more than justified to give it. If you're going to give a free kick for that sort of contact that they got, then there's no reason you shouldn't get a penalty. And at the end of the day, you know, he comes across him. Whether the contact's minimal or not, mm-hmm. Michael Oliver was in a brilliant position. He was dead in line with it. He saw enough. It was checked like the all are, I believe. Um, oh, no, so, there was no VAR yeah, today. There, was, there, there must have been something because they kept talking about it checked. Unless it wasn't, and I'm just, I don't no, know. Cause my, no, because my cause it's the championship bit, side, there's no VAR. No. And they said right. at the start that you know that the referee, in fairness to Michael Oliver, and I know you weren't impressed with him. I thought he did okay, in fairness, but they said he probably preferred not having VAR because he had to stand by his his decisions. Yeah, well, I mean, and any official will tell you that. I I know in um, in cricket, a number, you know, the the arrogant yeah. statement of cricket is the umpire's always right either way because. He could say, well, it, it, you know, if he gives it out and it, it's not, what you know, whatever. An umpire will always prefer to have his own decision to justify merit merit his skills as, as yeah. an official. And it's the same for a referee. So, yeah, OK. But he's in a good position. So whatever he saw and whatever he thought happened clearly happened. And as we've seen, even if he uh, was involved, which obviously I've just seen in that comment there and you've confirmed for me it wasn't, it was a case of there was contact and a given. They're given. Mm. We've had a few this season, you know, and it was a bit of a silly foul. He didn't need to give it away because although Tillemans was in the box, no disrespect to Tillemans, apart from the odd cracker, he doesn't really score too many from from a bit of a leather. So, you know, it's at least a lesson learned from them, but it was a penalty in my opinion. Regardless the referee, in fairness, the referee was in a good position. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He really was. He, he was dead centre of it. He couldn't have seen it any better if he tried. <laughs> now, I let you off on the last game, uh, and you're not going to get away with it two weeks running. But of course, here are the stats. <laughs> and <laughs> so close. <laughs> I should mute you while I put these on because you're probably swearing to yourself. I mean, we had, we had 62%, and we know from the championship winning team, possession doesn't mean anything because well, you know, we won it obviously with, with less possession than any other team ever in world history and including Jupiter, Mars and everywhere else. But 62% possession, it, it does show it was quite comfortable out there. Yeah, it was. You know, it's exactly what it was. Like I said, I don't feel at any point minus their goal and, and, and that set piece they had. Brentford didn't really threaten forward. And, you know, I could, I, I'm not going to knock Brentford for their quality because they put the effort in, they put a real good shift in, and, and you know, and for 45 minutes, they, they frustrated us as well as ourselves. So we have to tip our hat to Brentford who put in a good a good fight for as long as they could. And, you know, maybe with a few stronger members like that, 
on that team, that game would have been a bit harder to have wrapped up in the end. We kind of cantered towards the finish line because I don't remember Ward having to make a save in that second half. No, no. I mean, they only had four shots on target all game. Um, Yeah. Just out of interest, we had six out of 16 shots. But the fact that we're taking that many shots is what I like to see. Yeah. And I know one shot... Yeah, I know one shot, one on target, one goal, win, one nil. You can ask anything more, but oh, I yeah. do, if, if you're not having the shots, whether they're on target or not, you, you're never going to score. You know, talking of scoring, our third goal. Oh, I mean, it, it it was it was a Brazil like, as I like to say. I mean, under amazing uh, pass through to Barnes, uh, keeper spills it. Madison's there. Yeah, as a as a former keeper, I did feel a bit sorry for the goalkeeper because I don't think he did too much wrong. There wasn't anything he could do about that penalty because that was... The one thing I will say before, and we'll get on to it, as I was more confident in terms than anyone stepping up to take it today, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, you know, but yeah, it was nice to see. And like I said, it was kind of like Brendan put a fire firework up the backsides of all of them because they just seemed to all of a sudden... That little disconnect that 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 a fluid performance comes from the first team suddenly seemed to happen in that second half. And and like you said, uh, I know we didn't get man of the match from Alan Bennett, and I'd probably say he was right in all with his selection when we get onto it. But Under was definitely up there for a performance of the game. He was exactly why Leicester fans have been banging on about getting him on the pitch and, and giving him game time. And now he's back from injury. That's the sort of performance that gets you going to the manager's door Monday morning, going, "You're right, boss." About Everton, um, yeah. I mean, you know, talk going back to the penalty. Were, were you pleased that Inacho wasn't on the pitch? I mean, it, it made the decision for us, didn't it? I was actually glad that neither of them took it, neither Perez or Nacho taking it, because I, I know I think that's the third penalty Tillman's has taken this season, I believe. He I, is, I, know he took one against... I think he's the backup penalty taker to, to Jamie Vardy. Yeah. yeah, and it used to be Madison. And no offence to Madison, but I have more confidence in, in Tillemans because I think he's taken... That's two I definitely know he did. Um, but I think he's taken three. And all penalties, they've been right in the corner. I mean, that couldn't be more of the side of the net. If, 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 if he tried, he could take that penalty ten times in a row and... He wouldn't get it any closer to the side of the net. He did it. It was a good penalty. And as soon as I saw him stepping up, you know, I thought, yeah, it's a goal. Yeah. Normally, I'm a bit nervous, even when Mr. Fantastic Fox Vardy's taking him. I'm a bit like, oh, no, don't, don't, don't side foot it. And he just wrapped his foot around it and it just went in. And it was a good penalty. It was unsavable. I mean, to, to mention the the unmentionable for some players, uh, for some fans, but... Even Mares used to uh, have his fair share of misses as well. But um, yep. <laughs> when I say his fair share of misses, I don't mean in the John Terry sort of way. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the in the penalty sort of way. But now I, I was and no disrespect to him, I, I was pleased that he wasn't on the pitch, and it was it was Tillemans and not Perez that went up at that point. I think at three one, I think we could probably say. It was game over. I mean, I know had they got another one, it might have made the last five, ten minutes exciting. But at 3-1, I, I, I felt OK to go and get a coffee and sit down and put my feet up. Yeah, yeah. And it's always nice to get a games like that. No, no, 
no, no, no matter what it is, whether it's an FA Cup tie or it's a um, or a league game, it's always nice to have on them occasions where you can take mm. a sigh, you know, you take a breath and you can kind of concentrate on other things a bit more. I mean, you know, it's just nicer to have that bit of relaxing. And it, it comes with the confidence of the squad because they played in a way that we all, well, I'm assuming all of us, there might be some out there that were nervous at half-time and thinking we'd be on the end of a an upset. But even, even when we were losing the game and, and you know, you, you kind of felt something, you was at ease. And that, and that just comes with what you saw on the pitch. Yes, it didn't all click together, you know, but when it did, and, and you could sense that if this clicks or when it clicks in the second half, it's going to mm. click and it's going to blow Brentford out of the water. And, you know, two goals in six minutes, it, it did do that. And and, and even from 2-1, I never felt like they was going to maybe get a, a, a late equaliser or anything. And it was nice. I'm going nice to have an admission moment here because... Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, I have sinned. Um, uh, I am, I want, like I've just said then, you know, I was, I never felt sort of that, that worried, but there was just one moment when the commentator said, there's been no upsets this weekend in the FA Cup when we were 1 0 down. And for one minute, I thought, this is Leicester. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, you know, Brook, Brookline. Good evening, Brookline. Nice to have you back. Uh, thanks right, for joining us again. Inacho is the talisman. When he enters the game, it means the game is already out of reach. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not... yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, look, I mean, and it's been a while since it's been mentioned. Thankfully, but. You know, it, pro- it proves what kind of footballing brains we've got around here. That, um, you know, I haven't been given any backlash for any slight improvements on Perez's performance since his early season. But, you know, we're going on about Nacho. And, and you know, I'm going to give him credit today. He, he, he came on naturally at first or, at, to, to go out on the wing because he came on for Barnes. And then the shuffle came later on. He didn't do anything spectacular yet again, unfortunately. And yes, the game was dead. And sometimes it's hard to motivate yourself going forward. And, and although we kept pressing, maybe in the end we could have put on a bit of gloss on the scoreline, you know, when we because we, we kept getting into their box. Um, you know, it is still hard to keep going with that mentality to get a goal for him, which he needs. He does need a goal to his name, but he didn't do anything wrong. And I think if you're looking at baby steps of improvement and 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 that depending on how much more time you want to give him. We don't know. Only Rogers knows that. Only Brendan and uh, Iacho know that. But it's a start again. And, you know, that's that's just what it is. And he didn't do anything wrong. He got about a bit. But, yeah, I think it was more of a case of that's maybe why Brendan put him on when he did, because, like you said, the game was killed off. And yeah. he, he knew he had in, the to kill it off. In fairness to him, as you said there, he actually came on for under, but he did come on on the wing. Oh, um, I was on the floor, yeah. yeah, but he comes on on the wing. I mean, I'm sorry, under uh, Inacho in any straight. I mean, I made this point earlier in the group because somebody was saying that Musa is, is available, and apparently, I think West Brom might be looking at him. But they said, Would you take him back? And uh, whilst I didn't say I would necessarily take him back, the comment I made was that he was never played in the right position. And I always quote this because Gary Lineker 
as good as he was at Barcelona, when Johan Cruyff first took over, they used to play Garolinica out on the wing. And if you don't mm. play your players in the best position, and we've done that a lot, you know, we've not played to these players' strengths and we bought them. Slomani we know about recently. Moussa, I honestly believe that. Sticking Inacho on the wing, I can't criticise Inacho no. <laughs> for those 10 minutes. And even, even Glenn Hoddle at BT, five minutes later, they brought Albrighton on for Perez, stuck Inacho up front, and even... Um, uh, Glenn Hoddle said that's going to be better for Inacho. Well, yeah, obviously it's, it's always easier to to, to play in a natural position. And like you said, there's there's a few players out there, Perez and Inacho, and, and there's been a few others throughout the season uh, that, that haven't played in their natural position. And yes, with Inacho, it's been more a case of... It's also a case of availability, though, isn't it? Because mm. there's always, obviously, there's one man that's out for... A f- a, you know, a few weeks, uh, depending on how well his surgery's gone. I, I don't know when it was booked in for, if he's already had it or what, or if we know the outcome with Vardy's injury. But sometimes you have to kind of try and get a player to utilise utilize him and develop him into a player that plays in more than just one position. Because as we've seen with Perez, he and, I, and I've made this point and I still stand by it, he's not going to get the game time he wants playing in the position that he's the best yeah. at. And I know that might sound ridiculous because, you know, get the best out of players playing when they are, but sometimes you just can't. And if you're wanting to keep that squad together and unison and happy, you've got to make, you know, a little bit of sacrifice on both ends of it. And, you know, when he's come on in recent weeks, Perez has done reasonably well. Nothing too drastic or nothing standout-ish, but enough to show that he's still got his head in the right place and wants to show he's committed to the club. Which, as a Leicester fan, that's all you can ask for sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to just bring Tony's comment here. I'm not going to sort of stay on it because we are looking at the match we've just played rather than the match that's coming up. But he does say, who will play up front against Everton? And I, I think that is probably going to be Inacho, which is probably why he didn't start today. But before we go on to, to Man of the Match, I just yeah. want to look at... Um, I had got five players, but I think we've just we've just talked uh, Perez there. But thoughts on four players other than Nacho and Perez on today's performance? Danny Ward in goal did what was needed, didn't he? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I've I've been backing Danny Ward for a, a while. I think he's an amazingly good and underrated second choice keeper. You look at second choice keepers around the Premiership and. I mean, I don't know who, who who's Man City's backup keeper if Edison goes out. Adrian's Liverpool's backup keeper, you know, a bit slippy with his hands and a bit of a mare. I know Liverpool fans don't like him. Um, I don't think Everton have anything to go after Pitford behind them. You know, to have Danny Ward, I'm pretty reassured with his performances that he's done in the past. And again today, you know, he couldn't do much about the goal. About the goal, yeah. you know, he did well. He did a commanding job and, and fills you with confidence when he's on that team sheet, which is what we need. A quick yes or no. Casper's replacement when Casper finally hangs his gloves up. There's there's no reason why it can't be. He, hmm. I feel I felt confident today, so yeah, I well, I would say right now, yeah, that's why he's there. Okay. Um Young Thomas, left back, kind of for me. Came into the game, maybe started a little bit, mm-hmm, but 
came into the game again did nothing wrong no didn't do anything wrong was probably a bit jittery maybe a bit nervous and again mm. he you know He's ever out into the press. I mean, we've got we've suddenly out of nowhere got an abundance of 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 wing backs because apparently, even though we didn't realise it, we've got about four wing backs and they can all play on the left or right side. It doesn't seem to matter which side they play; they feel comfortable on. But once he got his feet in the game and the rest of the squad, you know, there was a lot of you know all the team today got got settled in. He came into the game and it's great to see. It's credit to our development. Um, squad on a whole it's, 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 it's a credit to the coaches that work with them and, and it proves even more that Leicester probably have if not I would argue with most fans the best youth system going from and, and by that I mean from development to first team players because he's, we've seen it before where maybe and I know Dewsbury Hall is another one who had a great game for Luton today just as a side note but um, you know where we probably before used cup games to give them a little shot window moment to get them out alone and then probably they end up moving on. Whereas now, like we've seen with Thomas and rest, etc., they're going to eventually, he's going to be a first team player eventually at some point for, for Leicester, you, you'd feel, if he keeps performing and improving like that today. I think this will probably dictate our transfer window this season. And I know... Last year, I was very vocal, and this season I've been very vocal about the January transfer window last January in the fact that that probably cost us a Champions League place because we, we only brought in the, the amazing Mr. Bennett, uh, who <laughs> did, did what he, he had to do. But yeah, when, you look at, we're here, when you look at the likes of Luke Thomas, Kieran Dewsbury Hall, even Chowdhury, who can do a, 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 a good, you know, when he's not getting sent off, he, he's a good player, Chowdhury. I wouldn't want to see him leave. And when you've got that, those that sort of youth players there, it does mean you don't have to necessarily go out and spend millions. No, and Leicester are really good at getting, going out there and not spending millions and coming away with talents. And and one of my friends said to me, and, and, and a few others when I've posted Leicester stuff in, in, in groups that I'm a part of, come out and say, even from a neutral it's exciting. It's got they they can see and they say it's exciting to watch see Leicester when you hear about it and when they do you know little documentaries or videos talking about Leicester's recent acquisitions in the transfer market. You know, not that Sky or anyone will talk about it. But that's that's a whole different topic. <laughs> but actual ones that actually know other teams other than Manchester United, Man City, Liverpool, um, have said how great our development with the squad's been in general, the youth and 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 the gems we're able to find. You know, neutrals are even looking at Leicester and and going, wow, they're 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 just impressive in what they do. Um, it's, not it's sure if he's a Leicester lad, lad, but he's come for our academy. Yeah, I'm. Just I'm not again. sure. I couldn't. I, I, I'm not I sure if he's born uh, and bred, but he definitely come through the through in our academy. The academy did yeah. get him through that. Very, very briefly, because we've talked about him quite a bit. But it was. I don't think he will start. I think he will go back to All Brighton against Everton. Uh, but I think he's done enough to put himself in the frame for. February when we're going to have we're, we're going to be fighting on three fronts the Premier League, the FA Cup and the Europa League especially yeah. in Europe, under he, 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 he did he did nothing wrong today and in fact he did a lot right Yeah and I think Leicester fans have just 
you know, just been justified for their their, their patience in waiting for Under to, you know, come back from that injury and, and you know, all the talk of will they, won't they, with the loan deal. And obviously, we haven't seen enough of him and it is only one game. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he featured against Everton. I think you're right. I think, you know, all Brighton hasn't done anything to not warrant starting against Everton. He's been, in fact, he's been fantastic um, since he's been back in the squad. I think there's been a few things chucked up saying that when he's played, we've always won and when we've not, we've we've actually lost, which is obviously something that's nice on an individual basis, but you'd like to be able to win without certain players uh, yeah. being on the pitch. But I think depending on how Everton go about it, you know, you could see the link-up he's kind of got. And it, all right, it wasn't 100%, but he, he played some passes today that were brilliant. And like you said, he's, he's passing to, in Barnes for the third goal was brilliant and he was trying to find Ricardo on the wide and his pace is electric. I mean if that's running at if that's running at Everton and say we're winning one nil or Everton are on the front foot and they're, they're throwing the kitchen sink at us to get an, an equaliser and then he comes on combining his pace with what we know and what we've seen he can do on the ball, I think you might just start seeing a bit more out of under now he's fit and ready. I'd like to see more of him. And yeah, I think you're right. If we don't, I'd be amazed if he doesn't feature a lot through February. Well, you know, while whilst we're on our way to winning the treble. <laughs> and it is still on. I've got this it little bit with Alan, this little chat with Alan Bennett, who does my man of the match, which we'll come to in a second. Uh, and like it's every every win. I'm going, the treble's still on. The treble's still on. <laughs> yeah. Um Piera, good game, come back. Yeah. Yeah, again, just like a you know a rinse and repeat of the re- put the record on repeat. But once he shook off the rust and kind of maybe broke away from his nerves of not wanting to do too much on a slightly sodden and frozen pitch, you know, and maybe like I said to you earlier, in the back of his mind, he didn't want to do anything too drastic in case he aggravated an injury again. But once he got into there and you know, stuck his feet on the eater and warmed his boots up. He, he was flying down that wing like Ricardo of old, and it was really good to see. You know, and when you see something like that, you kind of just go, it puts a smile on your face and you go, wow, that's what's coming back to our squad. Not what's yeah. been doing the job for 19, 20 games, but that's what's coming back to our squad. That's what we've got in the reserve, and it's it was good to see. Very good. It is, and like, I, like I've said many, many times, it's I can't remember when we've had the squad depth that we've had with the youngsters coming through, and like you say, with Piera, who we've been doing all right without him, <laughs> to be honest. Not too with shabby, you. really, yeah. A couple of times at the top, two yeah. points off it, third in the yeah, league, four complain. points at Liverpool. We've had worse <laughs> times without him. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Point here, Brookline, and I, and this is a very good question, actually. Um, and I'll just see what you think on this. Were you surprised with Yuri as captain? Uh, is he regarded as a vocal leader? I think, I mean, maybe most expected it to go straight to someone like Madison, who's probably more the attacking side of front man. But I think what we get with Yuri Telemans, which is something that maybe doesn't get pointed out enough, is he's the one that's pointing the fingers. He's the one that's noticing the gaps and filling it, and he's letting players know. And he has got a strong connection between Indeedy or Mendy at the bench. He, he knows when to come back and, and, and get that ball and help them out, and he's he's good at going forward. And I think if you see that and, you know, and to press the point even more, 
if you're a youngster on the bench on European nights or you're Thomas and Justin and, and, and I know obviously Justin's not our youth player, but he's still young. And, you know, and you see that from your captain, it gives you that thing. And I think that that may have internally meant, you know, subconsciously help players like Thomas and that. They're saying, look at me, captain. He's running around. What am I afraid of? It's a bit of snow on the grass. It's a bit of hard turf. But if I get stuck in like my captain is, we can win this. And I think that's where maybe maybe more tactically, that's why he was given the R-band today. Because whilst Madison runs show up front, he does a mm. lot more behind the scenes work, Yori, I think. I think for me, um, I'm, I'm just looking at the starting lineup here. There wasn't, I mean, for me, if it's not Schmeichel, and as you know, nothing against Schmeichel, he wears his heart on his sleeve. We, we've, we, since we've had no crowds in, we know the comments that he gives and, and the, the <laughs> shout outs that he gives. Some of them not, not, not repeatable. For me, it would then, I think, go to Evans purely because of his his, his experience and he's been yeah. there, seen it, got the T-shirt. The problem is, I think, today we didn't necessarily have somebody like that. But looking at Tillemans, you've got two types of captain for me. You've got the Stuart Pearce type, which is the smile, the shouting, blah, blah, yeah. blah, to get stuck in. And then you've got the David Beckham type of captain who isn't a shouter, isn't going to have a go at you but just set an example i mean you know let's be honest with you we all remember the greece game when we qualified for the for the world cup with his goal yeah he was literally the only england player on that pitch and he was setting the example he was everywhere and you know tillemans to me like you said exactly what you said agree with you 110 percent tillemans was Captain by example, not captain by, by by shouting, but a captain by example. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know what? It just shows again that even, you know, and I think what we've realised this season, and, and, and you know, and, and there's some of my friends, and I won't name and shame him for it. Um, <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll leave that a sec. You know, some people have come out, and even I've been one of them. To, to you know, because mm. I questioned it like a lot of fans did when it went wrong last season, and I, and it's nice to see that a lot of fans have put their hands up and gone, you know what, I was wrong about Brendan. Whatever he was working on since he's come through the door, we're now paying dividends for it. And I think maybe you've seen that. Yeah, on a natural day, if Shamichael's not playing, Evans all day long is going to be your captain. Experience, um, great pedigree for. In the, not just in the Premier League, but a winning mentality. You know, we all know he played for Manchester United as a big example. Um, and I think naturally he would be there. But it's nice to know that Brendan's gone with a, a manager, like I said, who's maybe just going to lead by what he, he's going to let his work on the pitch do the talking and guide mm -hmm. the players and and put, you know, he's going to let, he's, you know, he's going to come up to you, nudge on the back and go, you're just leaving a the gap there. Make sure you fill in that, and and the players will see him filling that gap and go. He's right. I need to work harder. And it's nice to have a different side to a leader when you're on that pitch. It's nice to have that option that if God forbid, Schmeichel and Evans couldn't play, you've got that option, and 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 the players recognise what sort of leader they got instead of looking at him and expecting to hear him shout like you would with Schmeichel and Evans. You just know. You just know to keep an eye on what he's doing and look at him and, and, and just look out for him and, and listen to him when he comes up to you and goes, 
come on, don't be afraid, get stuck in a bit more, get a bit faster. They're going to do it because it's encouraging them to do it. Yeah. And I think with a squad that was out there today, you probably needed that with yeah. the returning heads and youngsters. Like you say, that and these days, <laughs> I don't think you could probably get away with half of what Roy Keane and Stuart Pearce used to do. Yeah, maybe not. But no, let's let, let's have a look though. This is what, and again, I I always say this, but uh, Alan Bennett, who is a gentleman of of many years following, should we put it like that, very politely, he, he's got many years of following Leicester under his belt. And he chooses the man of the match for me and also rates the managers and the team's performance. And he has, as I always say, we're sat here 45 minutes after the kickoff. We've calmed down if it's bad or whatever, but we've been able to sort of analyse it in their minds. He gets this to me within two or three minutes of the final whistle going because that's that's what I asked for. Uh, but he's, he's pretty much sort of on song uh, the majority of the time. But... You know, he's gone here, Madison, man of the match, and a performance of eight for the manager and eight for the team. And again, I don't know about you, Brad, I pretty much am on song with uh, with Alan there. Yeah, he's getting good at this. It's almost like he's had a few weeks' practice to get his feelers out. To <laughs> Football is Alan, all about if you're watching, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Like, you know, I always say as well that I appreciate what you're saying. He's spot on. It was an eight performance. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you define that, but I think you all have in your own heads. You know, it wasn't a ten performance by yeah. any means, but it wasn't a six. And I think yeah. anywhere, you know, I think an eight's a fair, a, an eight out of ten's a fair shout. And you know what? Credit to the man in form right now, going for his own purple patch. Madison was man of the match because yeah. there was a few in contention you could put there. One, one that you know people might say we've got a bit of a loving with, but. Under was up there for contentions, but I, I I don't think there was anyone that was going to touch man of the match off off Madison today because he was brilliant. He got involved and he he got an assist. So he was he was even Glenn Hoddle's man of the match, and I know a lot of people aren't always. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After me, in in fairness to him today, Glenn Hoddle oh. was was very very fair and. Um, I, I well, know we're 51 because some aliens have taken Glenn Oddle and if he was fair about us. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's not my favourite co-commentator by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, he, he's, he's probably better when he's inside a, a, a grandfather clock. I mean, how, yeah, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen, eh? But no, you know, I mean, he, he was praising Luke Thomas as well. So, yeah, I think that was not a, not a bad shout as... Um, uh, 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 as a as a man of the match, uh, casserole gaming under starter. Should you not like have got, should you not have said order at the end of that? Oh, oh yeah, you're funny. Your jokes I'm are grand. Up, jokes, I'm, let alone dad jokes. No wonder your daughters don't week. comment that Literally, much. I am here all week. <laughs> I'm saying, no wonder your daughters don't comment too much. Of course, they'll be, they'll be getting offline when they hear your dad jokes coming through. <laughs> I'm well known for my dad jokes. I really am. I'm Brad, sure you are, mate. <laughs> Brad, as always, mate, excellent, excellent points made. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, and thanks everybody for commenting. Just make sure and you hit subscribe if you've not already. Just, yep. just, just say. Please, yeah, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, we will see you about half past ten on Wednesday. It's another one for nightcaps and cocos. 
Yeah, I might have my little night hat on and, and uh, my little bedtime story book to read to myself before before the game. Hopefully it'll well, be a match it, report on three points. You, you could read you could read about Coventry winning the Premier League. That'd be a fairy story, wouldn't it? No, that'd be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Brad mate, I'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. Yeah, I'll see you Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks to Brad there. As always, total pleasure having him on. And um, he, he he knows his stuff and he speaks a lot of sense. And the check's in the post, mate. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. We're through to the next round of the FA Cup. We are going to be home to Brighton because, obviously, the draw was already made and they managed to knock out Brent, uh, Blackpool. We knocked out Brentford. They knocked out Blackpool. We're going to be back uh, on Monday, 7 o'clock. We've got the Opposition View show with Mikey, uh, who's a Toffee fan. And on Tuesday, we're going to be doing the preview show with Craig, both of those at 7 o'clock in advance of the Everton match. Uh, no transfer show next week um, because we've got a match on Wednesday. So at 7.45, we're doing the pre-match with Josh. We'll be doing the match, obviously, at quarter past eight and the post-match, as I've just said, with Brad at 10.40. Thursday next week, we're going to have the preview show for Leeds. Friday, the Opposition View show for Leeds. You've got me every night of the week again next week. Your life is complete. But remember, like we said, please give us a subscribe on YouTube and give us a follow on Periscope and Twitter. And if you want to catch us up on the old podcast and listen to us, um, which probably is better to listen to us than have to watch us, Google Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and all good podcast platforms. Guys, thanks very much. Have a good rest of the weekend. We're through to the fifth round. Let's enjoy ourselves, and I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for the Opposition View Show. Take care and stay safe. Lester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.